Happy Sunday, 13th of November. Pretty busy week. I've just had had for one of those weeks where just things seem to like, continuously pop up and if they try and sort them out amidst everything else that you have going on. Um, but that's okay. Managed to managed to get through it. Had some good client sessions. Pretty pleased with with where my, I guess where my in-person coaching is at at the moment. I think it's, I think it's not really been as much of a priority in terms of like how I'm actually coaching one-to-one. Um, but I feel like I'm still progressing and able to, to help people in, in that setting, which is really, really good. Um, got a few clients online now and really enjoying the programming and the feedback element. Um, obviously starting some more of that in January with Saul, so that'll be really, really good. Um, but it's like a different side to, to coaching that I'm really, really keen to get my head around. Um, we had some some good football sessions. Goalkeepers are just, they're just a different kind of, <laughs> different kind of kids anyway. Like they're just, some of them are so excited about being in goal and that's obviously brilliant like all you want I think as a coach is like someone who wants to be coached and then everything else follows from there but then some of them just don't like there's one kid I do who he plays hockey before he comes to football and he's just absolutely shattered by the time he gets there and he just doesn't want to go in goal he wants to just like shoot at the goalies gotta to say to him like you know you're here to become a goalkeeper like that's that's why you're here um but all good fun um yeah some good gold diggers stuff this week as well pretty excited about what we're looking to try and do over the next year in terms of coach development and i guess my role in that um pretty central to to that process um and we've got some players who want to come through as coaches which is really really exciting i think that's one of the like underrated <clears throat> underrated things that we're doing as a club which is like we've got coaches now who came through the club as players and some who came to the club as pretty inexperienced players which is really really exciting um and then Thursday was a well, it was a weird one weird day tube strike meant I couldn't get down to coach um and had to get some stuff sorted for the car but then it didn't get sorted in time so it ended up being like a really dragged out day um, but that's fine happens um, Friday some more uh, yeah had some more sessions and then uh, and then Palace I'm, I'm I'm pretty keen to try and document some of the coaching I'm like, as in, like I put some stuff on my Instagram of just like oh here's here's my session this is what it looks like I got some pretty good feedback um, so I'd like to have a think about maybe how to present some of that stuff in a different in a different way because I think I'm coaching in some pretty some pretty interesting contexts and also they they all look quite different from one another um, and I think I might be able to kind of add some value as to how you make sure that what you're doing is kind of in line with your principles and philosophy as a coach but also relevant for the players that you're working with 
Uh, and then yesterday, Coughley, well, yeah, I felt a bit bad saying this on Instagram. I don't think I kind of actually laid out the situation that happened. So I was on the train to Coughley. I get the train from Finsbury Park to Coughley. It's half an hour. It's perfect. I can read. And then I get into uh, the station. It's two minutes to the gym. And then I train before before we have a game. But yesterday we hit a pheasant, which is not great. Like, lose centimetre. <laughs> you know, justice for the pheasant, which is a fair point. Uh, it, I, yeah, I, I don't really know with f- pheasants. Like, I, I think I do know that they're not like the brightest, but it's still not great that a train hit it. Um, anyway, there were a couple of people on the train who like couldn't, didn't really know what was going on. And I was trying to explain what I thought was happening based on what the driver was relaying to us. Um, and English wasn't their first language, so I was, I'm trying to explain what a pheasant is, and I just <laughs> really struggled. I ended up saying, like, I was like a kind of big sort of bird that walks. So not the best description of a pheasant, I'm sure, um, but I think I managed to get across what had happened. Anyway, the power supply on the train failed. They had to send it to Override, sat there for 45 minutes, but luckily I'm reading a very, very good book, um, all the light we cannot see, which uh, meant that I just sat there for 45 minutes reading, which is absolutely fine. Game was good, really, really good performance from us. We won 2 0, pretty complete start to finish, so happy with that. And then uh, went out for a drink. The Axe in Stoke Newington, very, very good pub. Well chosen, Rupert. Uh, Night Sunday morning, and I'm going to do this and have not much plan today maybe watch a little bit of football got to go to bed early because i'm up early to get my wisdom teeth out uh this episode is a little bit different it is on caffeine and coffee and sleep and some stuff that i have picked up i guess habits i've developed some research based research informed behaviors maybe research forms evidence informed i think that's that's a good phrase isn't it evidence informed behaviors um, that I think could really, really help you if you're struggling f- with your sleep or if you're just like interested in this sort of stuff. Um, hopefully you'll get something out of it. I think I'm going to put the intro in here and then I'll come back after the intro in like a more of a like ha ah, hosting uh, capacity. So that's going to happen in three, two, one. <laughs> most things in life you should probably just have some objectives so my objectives for this are to pass on some tips for sleeping better to explore the relationship between caffeine and sleep and to provide some information 
on coffee and how you can like use it to affect your performance and your recovery or put as like a kind of broader term now the kind of background to i guess all of this and like why i find this interesting and why i think it's important is that like when i was younger i was always an early riser a bit of a morning lark like i can remember pretty clearly like on a sunday when i was gonna go and play football when we were living in tottenham i'd come down like to watch match of the day but i'd be down before match of the day i think match of the day started at like seven five past seven but i'd be up before that and i'd watch the monsters i don't know if anyone remembers the monsters they were this like kind of monster family it was in black and white and it was it was really funny anyway that would be on before i'd watch match of the day and then dad would come down and we'd like watch match of the day together so that's i mean that's pretty early for for someone to be getting up i guess that's probably looking at like half six for anyone but i don't know as a kid anyway feel like feel like i'm special um and i guess similarly to that like i'd go to bed when i was tired like i remember mum <laughs> saying to me recently like you didn't really worry about like missing out on things if people were around or stuff was going on just like when you were tired you went to bed and that's basically what i do now as a 31 year old um so it's nice to know that i've been consistent with that i suppose um i guess some other context for now like to kind of set up all the stuff i'm going to go through like i currently don't set an alarm like i don't have an alarm to wake up and i think that's pretty important particularly with like i know the, the kind of way that the ways that some people struggle to wake up get out of bed like i'm i don't have that so if you want to kind of discount everything i'm saying that's absolutely fine i normally wake up between like 6 30 and quarter past seven it's probably the kind of range that i'm in and i'd aim to be asleep by half 10 latest but in like ideally i'd like to be asleep earlier than that I'd like to be asleep by like 10 quarter past 10 i think this also this is where some of the bits around like how you structure your week or how your week is structured and if you've got the ability to kind of choose when you wake up when you go to bed <clears throat> for me there's certain days of the week that I just can't it's it's completely unrealistic for me to be asleep by half 10 because I'm coaching till nine o'clock I might not get back till quarter to 10 then I've got to eat and chill out for a bit before that um, and I'll come back to the idea of like getting to the point where you're switching off and how that can affect going to sleep in a little bit um but yeah i'm not i'm not sure if you can like become a morning person um in the same way that like i don't really think that i could be up and out till past midnight regularly without it really affecting me i'm sure like my kind of default setting is to be up early go to bed early and for other people that obviously is completely different you peak later in the day and that's when you'd rather be up doing things um but like i i just looked at my uh football team's group chat and there's like people are posting at quarter past three and like that to me is like that is unfathomable i'm not saying like i've never been up at that time but like now to like be functioning at that time is that is so so far away from where i'm at so yeah i'm saying that to say that like I appreciate that 
people are kind of different in that sense but i do think that there are things that anyone can do that will kind of give themselves the best opportunity to sleep well um and that's where i'm hoping to maybe provide some value um i should also say that i'm approaching all of this stuff from like i guess purely anecdotally like i'm i'm talking about how this has helped me personally um and there's like some stuff that I've read and tried to get a better understanding of that I'm going to bring in but like I'm saying that thinking about this stuff and like proactively making changes to my routine has had a pretty big difference to my sleep and like therefore my life I think my phase of caring about sleep started during the first lockdown I was thinking about this as I was getting ready to um to record and like the sense of just like i I crave routine in that period like all that was it was so difficult to know what was going on i just needed like a sense of i guess control over what was going on day to day um and i i think i suit routine like routines are pretty good for me generally but in that period it was even heightened i guess in terms of what i needed like i was I went to bed at 9.30, I woke up at 6.30 and I ate at this time and I got ready for bed at this time and I put my pyjamas on at this time and then I would like have a sleepy tea at this like, It was very, very, very structured. Sorry, Kez. I was living with Kez at that point and I think it annoyed her. Sorry, Kez. Um, I also med, med, I also read Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. Luce got me that and I think instantly regretted it because... I became completely enamoured with the process of going to bed. Um, and then, I guess, as that lockdown was easing, you started to be able to do a little bit more. I kind of relaxed off of some of that stuff, but I think kept some pretty good habits. Um, and there's a sleep expert called Stephanie Romizuski. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, but she's, I get, yeah, she she's pretty different i guess to matthew walker anyone who's read the matthew walker stuff or watched him like he's pretty kind of mild-mannered i guess in terms of how he talks and he's quite relaxed but some of the stuff in the book is it's pretty strong it's like if you don't get eight hours sleep you're going to get cancer whereas stephanie is more about like giving yourself opportunities for sleep and for me that's that's much much better like that sits with me a lot more comfortably um than saying that you have to do things at this point because i just think that's not realistic like we're not robots even me who loves routine who can have a lot of control over that sort of stuff like there's still nights where i'm not gonna be in bed at a certain point i'm not gonna get up at a certain point um but yeah stephanie she has this stuff about about opportunities for sleep and i think she does it pretty well where she'll kind of get you into the mindset of like loving sleep but also not feeling like it should stop you from doing the things that you want to do i think that's a pretty good place to get to um and i'd say that that's where i'm at currently um which is quite a nice feeling um something that i guess then it makes sense to have a think about here is like with um all these things 
come around with with are you sleeping well and like the idea of like tracking sleep and I think there's quite a few ways to do this but I I really don't think that it's necessary for everyone to do that I guess in a similar way that I wouldn't recommend everyone like tracks their food tracks what they're eating I think that can cause more harm than good I think that's probably similar with um with tracking sleep and like I know from speaking to people who well I even get messages when I post my sleep quality or we'll just like get chatting I think <laughs> people just know that's what I'm interested in they might then want to talk to me about it which is absolutely fine um like they kind of obsess over their sleep score or what sort of number they're looking to try and get I think that's where you've got to be pretty careful and not kind of worry too much about what that number is that's not going to do much good for you um but if if you're someone who kind of likes the information I guess and I'm pretty pretty interested in having that kind of data um I think it can can really help so for me I've like got a smartwatch and I use an app called sleep cycle and that gives you like well two different data set yeah I'm making that like I'm a scientist I've got multiple data set multiple data sets that I can cross-reference um but I basically what I do um and then the third kind of data set would be like how am I feeling and that's probably the most important one um those tracking um methods like the watch I know for some people like having something on your wrist as you sleep isn't ideal for me it's not too bad there's kind of periods where I'll use it less um just because it's nice to have it I don't know feel like you can kind of notice it as you're falling asleep um, and similarly with the app on my phone actually like if I've got the watch on then I think there's maybe like a, a kind of sleep hygiene benefit of like just leave your phone charging in another room overnight um, particularly if you don't have to wake up at a, at a certain point or if you're in a good enough routine that you're going to wake up um, and give yourself enough time to get ready for whatever's the next day give yourself time to get ready for whatever's happening the next day um, morning routine then like there's there's some uh i don't know the internet's funny there's some some stuff around like preparing for sleep as you wake and i'm not not sure about that as an idea um but one thing i do that is i think pretty good habit is like i wake up and i get up and there's very little time that i spend in bed between waking up and getting up um there seems to be a lot of kind of support for the idea that like snoozing is bad and whether that's snoozing an alarm or just like being in bed snoozing like I don't really do that but that's I don't know if that's because I know that it's bad I'm not like fighting anything to not do it predominantly because I just want to get up and and start the day um over the summer I was trying the like cold shower and it was quite nice when it was hot outside but it's fucking November now so I'm definitely not having a cold shower um but in the morning like I'll try and stay off my phone or my laptop any screens for I guess as long as possible um and in that time I'll read shower do like any bits of tidying pack my bag for the day and make sure the house is ready for for uh for loose and me to work in like if we're both on the laptops different rooms so that might be I don't know, making sure that keyboards and mice are in place, that we've got 
um, enough space for you know books, papers, whatever. Most days for me, it's like an hour-ish, basically, without without a screen, um, which is good if I'm into my book, which I am at the moment. Whatever, I've, I'm just on a hot streak, I think, of choosing good books. Um, I can pretty happily read for like 45 minutes, so then it might be more like an hour, 15, hour and a half before I'm on a screen, which is good. Um, I drink a load of water because you wake up dehydrated because you haven't been drinking during the night. Um, and I, I know that waking up during the night to go to the toilet like that's that is fine that has to happen um i try and drink most of my water during most of my water for the day during the morning so that then i don't wake up in the night needing the toilet which i've found pretty effective first hot drink of the day is uh, lemon and ginger tea for me i think it's quite a nice morning flavor um it also uh compliments Lucy started doing these like lemon and ginger shots so I have one of those with a lemon and ginger tea and that's really really nice um and there's no caffeine in herbal tea ah caffeine yes that's our that's our next topic um so I'll, I'll have that kind of as I'm pottering about um getting ready for the day and then when I'm ready to start working I'll uh, have a have a decaf coffee why do I have a decaf coffee at that point I'll bloody tell you. Um, the question around like how long you should wait between having your coffee after you've woken up. Like, is there a kind of period that you should wait before having caffeine? I think answers to this question from what I've tried to ascertain are around cortisol. So your body's primary stress ho- hormone is called cortisol. Um, and I think this idea comes from the fact that your like, body is producing less cortisol. Um, sorry, I've very, very nearly said the exact opposite of what I meant to say, so I'm going to do that bit again. Uh, there's the idea that you should wait until your body is producing less cortisol until you have caffeine. So that's kind of for different people, like between one and three hours, it seems like, after you wake up. So for those first one to three hours when you're producing more cortisol you should let your body do that and not have any caffeine um there's a link to a study that i will uh, that i'll post which kind of outlines this um pretty nicely but essentially like consuming caffeine while you're producing lots of cortisol could have an effect on your body producing cortisol and you need cortisol because it's a really really useful uh hormone that's going to help you in pretty much every area of your life. Um, and this kind of undermines the effect of caffeine. Um, and I think this might also be where the idea of becoming more tolerant to coffee kind of comes into play. Um, but I think for me, like predominantly, I'm not having multiple coffees, not because like I've um, kind of become tolerant or anything like that i actually think i'm probably pretty sensitive to to caffeine still but there's an element of just not wanting to drink too much coffee because if you have too much coffee then it will affect your ability to fall asleep later on um and that just is going to happen and so we have the question of why that is why does having coffee or having caffeine uh keep like keep you awake why does it stop you from falling asleep um matthew walker outlines this really neatly um 
essentially caffeine is active in your brain for longer than you think it is. So the half-life of caffeine is six hours, but caffeine also has a quarter-life of 12 hours. So what that means is if you have a coffee at 12, a quarter of the caffeine in that coffee is still in your brain at midnight. So we'll talk about like how much caffeine is in these different coffees in a little bit, but like if you if you have a, a single espresso at 12 o'clock, a quarter of that is still in your brain 12 hours later. So that is worth thinking about when it um, when it comes to thinking about how much caffeine you drink, but also the time of the day that you drink it. Um, it's also going to stop you from getting into deep sleep. Um, caffeine is, and that's the kind of restorative, refreshing sleep that you that you need in order to um, get better fix fix yourself i don't know what i'm trying to say to in order to feel refreshed um so if you want to sleep well basically you should be looking at limiting your caffeine 14 hours before you want to go to bed because you don't want caffeine in your system as you're going to bed so if we think about me most days i want to have a coffee most days absolutely um i also want to be asleep by like 10 o'clock let's say so I should be looking to have my coffee at about eight in the morning, which means I should be looking to wake up at like six, six thirty. So that's like I'm on track, I guess, is what I'm saying, which is pretty good. Knowing that when I was doing the maths, I was like, oh, that that actually does work out. That's that's not too bad. Um, I'll use caffeine or coffee as a kind of like I'll, I'll think about it in relation to my training. Um, so there's some stuff around caffeine and performance um, and that's like being studied a fair bit but I think the window for for most people and I think for me I fall into this category is like between 30 and 60 minutes ahead of training so I look I like to try and train earlier in the day anyway um, to try and get those effects of of caffeine but also because I can then kind of spend a prolonged period period of the day not like in like a kind of stressed heightened um state so you've got your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous systems and you want to try and be in your parasympathetic nervous system be in that state after um after training or just like in the hours before you go to bed um, and I have this chat quite a lot with with players or with um, with football players who might play later in the day, train later in the day, but also people who like depending on your schedule, you might end up going to the gym later in the day. Like, say you've got an eight o'clock kickoff. If you finish your game at ten, it's going to be pretty difficult for you to fall asleep like an hour later, even if you've got to be up at say seven o'clock to then go off to work. Um, and that's because you're kind of still in that kind of heightened state of arousal, that sympathetic state um, is going to mean that it's harder for you to sleep. And then, and that's before you've even started thinking about, oh, I've had a coffee or I've had a Red Bull um, before the game because I want a, a boost going into it. Like you're just, you're, you're giving yourself a lot to, to deal with in those, in those situations. 
Um, and then we can start to think about, okay, well, in these, in those coffees or in those Red Bulls or like whatever drink it is, like how much caffeine is actually in them and is there variability between them? What's a good amount of caffeine to be consuming? What's healthy? Um, and this is probably the area that I'm most interested in at the moment. I think particularly given the kind of, I guess, variability between drinks, but even within the same drinks from different places, like there is a difference in caffeine content between different coffee shops. Um, and I think it's pretty useful to know what is in each of them as you're drinking them, because you might go to, I don't know, Costa one day and Caffeineira the next day. And you might think you're drinking the same thing, but you, you're not, <laughs> essentially. Um, so if we look at single espresso, it seems like most single espresso shots have between 40 and 60 milligrams of caffeine in. Let's say that's the range for now. Double espresso then has double that, so 80 to, to 120. We know that caffeine has... Uh, half life of six hours quarter life for 12 hours so say let's say you have a strong double espresso at midday so you've had 120 milligrams of caffeine at midday at two in the morning you've still got 30 milligrams of caffeine in your brain so it's as if you're you might as well sit down and have a single espresso at two in the morning and you wouldn't do that unless you like hated yourself and you don't you don't hate yourself do you no you're wonderful you're brilliant so essentially thinking back from that period of of midday and uh of the caffeine that you're consuming i think it's just a useful useful way of looking at what it is that you're that you're taking on board um particularly given how active um caffeine is and how it's going to play a role in um, stopping you get to sleep or even if you can get to sleep stopping you get into deep sleep and also if you then wake up in the night it's going to be more difficult for you to get back to sleep um, I thought it would be fun to do a bit of a quiz so quiz time everyone grab your pen and paper or if you're listening to this with somebody maybe you can shout out the answers how many milligrams of caffeine are there in a 250 milliliter can of Red Bull, so like a standard size Red Bull? This is me pausing while you have a think. Okay, answer is 80 milligrams, so it's about the same as a double espresso. How about in a sugar-free Red Bull? Yeah, it's a trick question, it's the same. <laughs> it's 80 milligrams as well um how about in monster in a can of monster energy so most monster cans are bigger than a red bull can about twice the size yeah about the same so 160 milligrams in a 500 mil can so about 80 milligrams in a 250 mil can but i think the thing to think about there is if you're having a monster, a 
500 milliliter can of Monster, that's essentially four shots of coffee, which is a hell of a lot. Um, let's think about coffee a little bit more. In a single shot of coffee from Costa, how many milligrams of caffeine do we think is in there? Ninety-two. Ninety-two in a single shot from Costa. So that's really, really, really high. Um, Costa's like the most caffeinated coffee of the high street uh, chains. How about Caffeine Nero? Milligrams of caffeine in a Caffeine Nero shot is 84. So slightly less, but still pretty high. Starbucks? Starbucks is in at 75. And Pret. Pret is 65. So Costa, then Nero, then Starbucks, then Pret in terms of the high street, uh, high street chain. But I think the thing to say here is like if you're getting a flat white or a latte, they've probably got double shots in. So unless you ask for a single shot, the milk might be hiding the strength and it's hiding the flavour as well. Sorry, I, milky coffee I just don't get. But like, it's twice as strong as the little baby coffee that I've ordered or twice as strong as that single espresso, even though it might not taste it. Um, and I think that's just pretty important to think about, particularly in the context of the half-life, quarter-life of caffeine. You know, on a I don't know, say on a Sunday, picture the scene. You're out for a you're out for a stroll. You want to get a coffee. Maybe you're on the heath and you're stopping by the cafe, and you're meeting a I don't know. You're meeting at one o'clock, and you by the time you queued up, it's one thirty. So you have your coffee at half half one, say. Like, it's going to be a long time until you're actually able to sleep properly and I think I guess the the point I'm trying to make with all this sort of stuff is like you're probably less tolerant to caffeine than you think firstly but it's also a lot more it's going to have a lot more of an impact for a lot longer than you think as well um, yeah my go-to High Street, I think probably Nero's my favourite. I reckon probably Nero, then Pret, then Costa, then Starbucks of those four. You've probably got others that might, I don't know, they're not quite high, like Gales isn't High Street. I guess it is, but it's like a different category. <clears throat> it's lovely there. I'll tell the story about when I used to work for Gales on a different podcast. Um, I guess to finish then, wanted to give some like tips for for sleeping um i think the like i think these are I, I don't see how these wouldn't help if you were to do them so number one is uh, blue light blocking glasses do that for like as much of the day as you can when you're looking at a screen particularly later in the day but i think that's a really really good habit to build you can also go into your phone and filter out um the blue light there's kind of different phones will have different settings but blue light filter there's like a night sight 
or there's like a bedtime mode i'd like think about activating all of those i think that can have a pretty pretty big effect big impact particularly for someone who sits on your phone later in the day um or early in the morning like those those could make a big difference uh i'd say change your sheets every week quite like doing them on a sunday make your bed in the morning make your bed in the morning is is a weird one i think it's a funny one because like i really like doing it um or having the bed made but then like fucking jordan peterson got credit for saying like you should make your bed and i don't know i don't really like him but i still think you should make your bed um having a cool bedroom um helps your body helps lower your core body temperature which is going to help you get to sleep quicker so that's a useful thing to do um i quite like a lavender scent lavender smells for for your bedroom so i would get yourself a I have to get sponsored by Muji at some point, but until then, I just would get a lavender candle from anywhere, but I like the one from Muji. Um, having some nice pyjamas, dressing gown, I think those can, can play a pretty big role as well. Like having things that help get you excited for sleep um, are really, really useful and good things to do for making that process more enjoyable and I guess part of part and parcel of like developing a habit is is it fun and for me like chucking on an MS two piece is really really fun i think that's everything fucking hell 38 minutes okay yeah that's everything um i hope you enjoyed that that was quite fun to do and to research and put together some notes on um like i said i'm thinking about this stuff a fair bit so it will remain uh, constant in anything that I'm uh, doing and thinking about at the moment. Um, yeah, next week will be some more football because the World Cup's starting. Um, and I look forward to it. I think I'm looking forward to the World Cup. I haven't, on relating it back to this, I haven't looked at kickoff times yet. I'm hoping they won't be too late in the day. And it'll be, be nice to see some afternoon football. This is one of the good things about being self-employed, actually, is that I will be able to structure my days around when the football's on. So that'll be good. Um, send this podcast to a friend if you think that they need to know about coffee or caffeine or sleep. And I will catch up with you very soon.